Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Good morning, Hasib. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good, David. How are you? I'm doing great. I, uh, I wish I was in Puerto Rico with you. That would be, uh, I'm here in rainy Pittsburgh, but you're in beautiful Puerto Rico. Well, today you can wish that you're in Puerto Rico, but a few weeks ago, you don't want to wish that you were here. <laughs> That's right. A big power outage, huh? Yeah. Power outage was one thing that happened, but yeah, uh, it was, uh, and water outage too. Well, I'm really glad that uh, Adam David Jones introduced us because I'm I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and learn more about you, about your business. Um, and for our listeners, we have Hasib Awan uh, from Afani Secure Mobile. He's the uh, founder and CEO. So Hasib, Maybe just you know start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll uh, we'll dive into your story. Sure, I'm Hasib Awan. I live here in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and born in Pakistan. Uh, moved to Canada almost like 14 years ago, and uh, to, to, for school did my engineering management masters, and then started a co-founded a company called uh, BitAccess. We were making Bitcoin ATM back in 2013. Uh, it got acquired last year, and since then I've been working on protecting important people's cell phones. So for us, simple ways for us is to understand is like we are think about we are a bulletproof version of any cell phone carrier that you have. So like Verizon, think about like we are secure Verizon. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's I I really want to talk more about that because I think that is something that's so important, and and not enough. Uh, there doesn't seem to be enough attention on it. I, I'd really like to learn more about, you know, how, what you think. But from my perspective and my security background, it seems like sometimes that is something that that's overlooked. Um, you know, the, the security of the mobile side of things. Uh, but before we get to that, and I love the fact that you also, uh, you know, the cryptocurrency, you know, Bitcoin background is also really cool. Uh, you were obviously an early adopter there, so we can dive into that. But um, I'm intrigued by, uh, you know, you, so you grew up in Pakistan, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, so you immigrated to Canada. What was that like, um, you know, making that transition from those two cultures or from that culture to the Canadian culture? Um, so I had advantage that I used to travel abroad too, even before I moved to Canada, I was been to U.S. a couple of times, like, you know, traveled England, a lot of countries, but I was a kid then. Um, other than that, like, uh, one thing that people have a wrong misunderstanding about a lot of countries, Middle East or Pakistan or something, that I remember when I came to Canada and I had a MacBook and people say, oh, where did you get the MacBook from? Like, what do you mean? I got it from Pakistan. Oh, they have MacBooks? Like, what do you mean? Uh, and other question was, I remember when, Still, people ask me, oh, how do you learn English? I said, you know, that there are more people who speak English in Pakistan than Australian England oh, combined. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just look at this shock, right? Like, you know, Australian England combined, there are more people who yeah. speak, right? Um, and all those facts. So, uh, so people do have, obviously, we have challenges. But at the same time, it's like, you know, okay, it's not like, you know, okay, we... We have stakes, you guys have stakes. Like, you know, that's the kind of a thing. We have internet. And now internet has changed a lot of things that it's not very different to live in different parts of the world. Uh, the world is remote now. Like I live in San Juan. So it's purely like, you know, if you look at, even if you look in San Juan, it's totally different from what you see expect in California, New York, on 
you know, anywhere in the U.S. It's a totally different world, but that's how it works like. Uh, so, but otherwise, I think uh, uh, obviously schools are much better and like, you know, quality of education and the resources were massively different. There was like a massive, massive, massive opportunities were mm. massive. Uh, like income disparity is between two countries is massive, yeah. you know, like probably a difference of 10 to 100 X, you know? So like something that may consider as a luxury in Pakistan would be like a necessity yeah. here. And I remember walking into uh, the tap, right? The tap water and you have sensors, right? So you put your hand and it automatically like, you know, so I, I may have seen it, but it was very interesting for me that I don't have to basically open the tab. It automatically opens. And I remember I spoke to someone and I still remember, like, you know, you were laughing about it, right? How this thing is. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's, uh, I'm really glad you talked about, um, you know, I, I think we tend to be here in the U.S. anyway, uh, not as worldly, you know, not as, uh, we, we just tend to misunderstand, um, you know, what other cultures are like. We, we, we tend to be a little bit too focused on ourselves and, and not uh, as aware of what uh, other countries, you know, what it's like, right? I mean, we, we kind of just get a perception from maybe the news or something that, that we see rather than a, a deep understanding. So I'm glad you brought that up that, you know, really, you know, coming from Pakistan, while there are changes, you know, there, there are differences, it's not as vast as, as people, you know, might think. Oh, 100%. Like I said, like people, we eat, people at McDonald's there, not that I'm a fan of McDonald's, but right. still, right? Uh, but like, you know, it's not, oh, people will be traveling on ca- camels and basically there'll be horses and, you know, they would be like, uh, it's not like, they, it's not a different stone age, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we have nice cars. We have a lot of stuff. And obviously it depends on what background you come from. Obviously I was, I would say like, I was, I don't make sense that I, I came with like uh, $10 in my pocket. No, that wasn't yeah. the case. I was yeah. able to study the good school. Obviously I had to work and make stuff happen at the same time but um i was okay um so even like it's like similar to someone who come from a rundown uh neighborhood of us uh as he grows up and moves to a good neighborhood in in california i think the difference would be that much Mm -hmm. yeah no that's a good analogy so what do you think um you know when when Obviously, you've been very successful, and you and you've achieved success uh, quickly um, since coming here. What do you believe has been, or have been, the keys to that success? Uh, one thing is the first success is very relative, right? Like inter- yeah. Externally, people do think that oh, you're successful. And I remember talking to a lot of people. The moment you get to a position, your bar goes higher. And you say, hey, man, okay, this is done. Now what to do next? Yeah. You know? And, like, even for a lot of people, coming to us is a success. You know, just born healthy. I believe success is pretty much have the liberty to work on anything that you want. Like, do you have work in the morning? It's more about freedom. That's what I think is success. is. And I'll do healthy or not, right? You have a, a good relationships or not. Uh, money is certainly critical. But at the same time, uh, we judge our success by financial means, but financial does not like I've seen a lot of people who are super rich, super depressed, mm. uh, but I've not seen someone who's super happy with relationships and, and, you know, like then moreing about it. So he'll be saying successful, right? Um, 
to summarize about like what has been contributing to whatever we call quasi success in the US, I think it's more about, uh, you know, uh, availability of opportunities like they call American dream. And, you know, it's true. It's alive, right? A lot of people will give up on US and oh, US is like breaking up. US is this because there's a lot of polarization politically and belief polarization within US that we basically believe that this party is totally against us and this party and us is going down and everything i personally believe that us is one of the best countries in the world you know if not the top one um and the reason for that is purely because um opportunities are massive like uh, you know like if you want to start off today from zero today and you make a plan for like 10 years i believe you can be a millionaire in 10 years without a lot of trouble Mm-hmm. Just being financial discipline. Yeah. Um, just being here and, you know, like focus on your, because the opportunities are massive. Yeah. Uh, like we work in cybersecurity and think about a guy who comes from Pakistan, right? Like I have an accent and everything and I'm talking to a lot of people. We are selling them security, cell phone security. Now that has a level of trust that you have to involve. And sometimes people from my background does not have a discounted, like, you know, when you talk to someone who's from immigrant, people generally discount his abilities to execute on something. Mm-hmm. right so we generally have to work maybe 50 percent more than an average person to make sure that we at least get to the par but america allows that u.s allows that to work and live here um uh, and this has been a massive uh, success like a uh, simple example immigration policies are very very good they can be improved but the fact that no one can k- kick me out of the country is massive yeah while i can live in a country where i know i'll never become a citizen and I can't build anything there because mm. nothing is permanent. Mm. When people move to US and they get green card, which is also like a, it's called permanent resident, which means that I'm permanent here. Yeah. You know, but if you live on temporary somewhere, it's, you cannot build for long term. So you're always thinking about visa renewal all the time. So US took care of that. Second thing is people who take chances on you. You can start a business and you can people, there'll be people who will take a chance. David. Here's my money. I trust you. You know, can you do something make, make happen for you, for me? And then incubation programs in the U.S. and help support you get. Like I'll give you an example about Y Combinator that I went to. Excellent incubator. You know, you go in there. You have like 20, 20, 30 people who are just there to help you out. David, they wake up in the morning and they think about how to make Hasib successful. Hmm. My professor in school, their entire goal was that how to make sure the student is successful. It does not happen everywhere in the world. And that is, I believe, is the massive, uh, you know, obviously we can talk more about that, but ultimately these all factors contribute towards where everyone is trying to help you out and make sure that um, they buy from you. Uh, Like in our business, we have now millions in revenue and like people trust us to give them, give us their money and try new products. Uh, while a lot of countries, they will not switch from our products. You know, they will just say, hey, I'm okay with wherever I am. I don't want to take any risk at all. So some people, their thing is like in the U.S., it's the economy of, okay, we have to excel. That's our progress. While a lot of countries, they say, oh, we have to survive. So when the difference between survival and excel, excellence comes in, um, it's different mindset where you're just thinking about, hey, how to, how to live paycheck to paycheck. Mm. Well, other cases, hey, how do I break things so I can move faster? How can I get to the Mars? You know, like, how can I get to the moon? 
you know i mm. think this this is what what gets in mind like i spoke to a to like any i said why do we spend money on this you know space ambition and everything is that it just tests our ability to go further than we can like think about it you say i want to i want to jump like a thousand times today you may not achieve it but see how far can you go yeah so this is again come from like system right where people are okay with the failure well it's so powerful the things that you said there um you know you covered such a, you know you, the, the perspective that you have and that's why i wanted to ask you about that because um I learned so much, you know, seeing life in the world, you know, through your eyes, right? Because we have such different backgrounds, but yet we're both humans and, and we both know what it feels like, um, you know, to, uh, you know, strive and, and, and achieve and fail. And, and uh, I think your gratitude for what you've been through, right? I mean, I think you said two things, you said a lot of things that stood out for me, but there's two things. And, and one was, um, you know, the level of, you know, what you consider success, I think is so much more um, powerful than oftentimes what we Americans, you know, people who have lived here all our lives consider success, right? I mean, like you said, it's not monetary, you know, the monetary part in your mind feels you know, secondary or in many ways simpler. It's really, you know, health and, and, um, you know, the, the people that you love and, and that, and that really, like you said, success is all relative. But then the other thing I think that you talked about that is so powerful is the gratitude, um, and the appreciation of the people that invested in you, but also the opportunities, you know, that freedom, um, you know, that we all take for granted. So I'm really glad that you talked about that. Um, but let's dive into, uh, you know, your entrepreneurship journey, uh, because, you know, again, you, you've, you know, the two things that um, you've specialized in, you know, cryptocurrency and, and uh, cybersecurity are both so relevant. So what, uh, how'd you get your start in um, the, the cryptocurrency world? So both were excellent. Like when cryptocurrency came up, I remember I bought cryptocurrency back in 2013, which looks like a light year in terms yeah. of how, like it may be like, I would say it was any industry like that. So like 40 years of experience, right? But cryptocurrency is so new that there's a lot of, not a lot of people who are in this for a long time. To summarize, um, I was trying to buy Bitcoin. So I bought Bitcoin, then the Bitcoin went down. I said, this is a Ponzi scheme, a scam. Like what the hell is this? I lost my money. Uh, but again, I got interested and there were no good options to buy crypto. Uh, that's like back in 2013. So there were no exchanges. Literally, the only way to buy Bitcoin was basically going on Craigslist kind of a website and meeting with people on a random in a coffee shop, giving them money and they'll send you a Bitcoin. Wow. And that's pretty risky when you're meeting with people, like, you know, because you're meeting with strangers and, you know, people. Uh, so that was one thing. Second part was you have to send like a literally put a money in, in an envelope and ship it to someone, right? <laughs> so, and that's illegal, right? So that was also, there was all the options. So we said, why not we build like a simple chaos to buy Bitcoins, you know, like, and it was like more like a fun project, weekend project. Yeah. And but once we bought it, uh, we called uh, uh, one of the client who co-founded Ethereum. And we say, you know, uh, you know, buy don't, uh, you buy Bitcoin, uh, a machine from us. So when they bought the machine, uh, you know, things start changing, right? Like, you know, I think got published in 
in like one magazine and people start calling us hey i want to buy bitcoin i want to buy bitcoins and i want to buy bitcoin machine sorry and uh, before we knew we had like few hundred locations uh, and then the major breakthrough came in when we applied to y combinator so y combinator people don't know it's like stanford for entrepreneurs they pick up like less than one percent people who apply and they get through the program it's like a harvard where they teach you how to do business connect you with the business and help you build business that's what mm. they do a company like airbnb uh you know um airbnb hiroko uh you know stripe they all come through yc uh it's a very very you know like i can go on for companies but you can see a lot of like dozens of companies that come every year because it's a very competitive program Mm. So, uh, so I got into that and we were lucky to be surrounded by smart people who actually inspired me to do, because a lot of times still, I believe that, um, uh, at that time there's like we, when I was in Pakistan and I was like, you know, in, even in Canada, I used to learn about like, Oh, people go to Harvard. So how does Harvard look like? You know, how do, how does someone get into Harvard? You know, still a dream for a lot of people, but also like, like how would Mark Zuckerberg you know, look like, you know, mm. like, like, what are they eat? Like, what special abilities do they have that they are able to excel that from better? Still, people think about like, I still believe like, how does Elon Musk, you know, like, uh, you know, like live, like we have read about it, but I want to spend like a week with him and see, you know, how does he operate? Right? Yeah. Like, how, how is he able to think about so many things at the same time? So this was something that was an alien, alien, uh, you know, like experience for me where I had no idea how that works. You know, but when you get into a room with all the smart people who are building companies and they're actually doing things, you realize this, this is not something special. It's just basically about like, uh, um, and, and I gave example of gym, right? You go to a gym and you have like a like body like me, right? Which is not fit at all. Right. You walk into a gym and you see someone, okay, man, this guy is having six packs, right? Now you see him on the street and you say, what does he do? every day that he's so fit and so like, you know, so athletic, but then you go to a gym. Okay. He's doing this exercise. Can I do this or not? And you follow that. And he says, I did this for like maybe ten, five years or two years. And then you realize, okay, man, it's just about perseverance. You have to keep doing the same thing. It's not complicated. Just a formula. You have to follow formulas. You have to be dedicated and you keep on doing over and over again. And so gym is a very good example. So when you get in the same room where all the top people are, building their companies, it's a different energy. And the same thing with the gym, right? You go to a room where you want to be a boxer, you go to where everyone trains. And like, imagine you want to learn tennis and all the top 10 players are playing in one, in the same court as you. You basically get to learn that they practice a lot and they do things. And then you have coaches who help you out. So that changes your perspective about uh, how to do a business. Surround yourself with the best people. There'll be always someone who will say, see, I told you right or oh, this does not work because i used to live in canada and ottawa and a lot of people are looking for government jobs they graduate that was the obvious path you go into and you just pension plan and everything and when i looked into that sir came in i was able to find a very good job very early on i said man am i here just to get a job like i left everything because moving to a new, new country is not an easy task you leave your friend you leave your family you literally go into a new, new country and there, no one knows that people who are not immigrated or like moved to a different place, uh, they would not realize how difficult it is. So to summarize that, you look into all of this, um, um, uh, you know, like uh, impact. And you say, okay, I'm here just for work. 
So my goal here is to make an impact. And when you get surrounded by so many people, you just want to be with them. I just wanted to be better. And I just wanted to help people and be building some product. So that was my goal to build. It was nothing more than that. Like it wasn't that I wanted to, honestly, I wanted to change the world. Uh, but it was just because I thought we can build things that people want like to use. And it's like a concert. You want to play your own music. And when people are, and you listen, someone, you, you see someone listening to your music. That's the best feeling. You mm. walk down the street and the music that you created, similar like startups too. You build something, people use it and you walk them and this basically energy to you. So when we start building Bitcoin ATM, people are using it. And uh, it still came in. There are people who like what we do. So if you didn't exist, this people, person would not be able to use it. It's like a coffee shop. You open a coffee shop, people drink coffee every day yeah. from that same shop. Now you say, okay, man, I am, I built something. People want, this is part of people's lifestyle every day. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, you know, there's so many things I want to ask you, but we don't have a lot of time. Uh, so um, how did ultimately... You know, you said you just sold uh, Bitcoin ATM last year. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you talked about impact. Uh, and obviously, there's so much. First of all, I love the analogies you make. You, you make really good analogies, which makes it so much easier to understand your experience and, and the impact. But, you know, ultimately, um, what was that? the impact that uh, your product and, you know, that what you developed had. Um, and then also what was it like to, to let go of it? Cause you know, you're talking about the, you know, the emotional impact of building something that people use and, and uh, you know, the value and the energy. Um, so what was it like to have to let go of that? Um, so first of all on impact, I think we had 10,000 locations and on half a million clients when it got acquired, I think around it, right? So like half a million clients is not a small number. Right. Half a million people who, and uh, uh, so, but I, I wasn't as emotional to be honest. Like at one point I said, oh yeah, it's gone. But at the same time, I left the business a couple of years ago before it got acquired. So it wasn't like, oh my God, it's going tomorrow and I'm missing something. I already passed on and wanted working on my company mm. and ultimately i believe this is good for them so the way i think it's like your kid you can't kid your you can't put your kid in your local school forever he has to go to college he has to change cities he has to graduate so this is how you think about companies mm. you nurture them you build them you give birth to them and ultimately someone better may come along and they have to do whatever best for the future you will not let them retain in your own house because you like them because yeah. not good for them. So that's how I would think about companies. Hmm. Another great analogy. So, so you uh, started uh, Fani. Um, is it like six years ago? Seven years ago? No, it's been just over just over two years. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, how you, you uh, made a, a jump from you know obviously the cryptocurrency world. And you did that at a time when cryptocurrency was really starting to become all the rage. And, and in many ways, cybersecurity, while it's still a, a huge, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity and there's still a lot of problems to address. What, what was it that, that uh, caused you to want to make that leap? 
Uh, so I got hacked four times myself. So like uh, when it was coming along, I wanted to buy, build a bank. My goal was there could be a better bank that can be built. Um, so I wanted to buy, build a bank, but at the same time, I was getting hacked all the time. Hmm. Uh, I got hacked four times. My phone, uh, for people who don't know, SIM swapping is getting pretty common. And the way SIM swapping works is like people will just walk into a store either by bribe or social engineering, get into your account and transfer their number to their the SIM card they control. So criminal will take control of their phone and that's how they will do it. So that's pretty mm-hmm. common. It happens every day. Um, you know, millions of dollars are lost. So I realized, you know, I'm a telecom engineer, like why this is a problem. And luckily at that time, I found a workaround to how to fix it. And I fixed it for myself. So when I fixed it, I asked other people if they're interested in this solution. And yes, we got a lot of people uh, who wanted to be, uh, you know, you wanted to be, uh, you know, who wanted to use the product. And that's what happened. So they started buying solution. And before we knew, we had like $100,000 in revenue. People who want to use it. So I just made it a mission of my life to secure those people because we get connected to a lot of people who are vulnerable. Like I felt vulnerable when I was hacked because there was no one to protect me. And similar today, if you get hacked today, there's no one to come after you. Like you can't call anyone. You make an email, customer service, but ultimately, uh, David, you're just by yourself. Hmm. So I said, why don't we build like a first class experience? Like similar to where like a nice take, it's like a more like a tender. You can ask them what to do, but you go to like a wall, uh, McDonald's, they just give you a regular sandwich that they make it to like for millions of sandwiches every day. So the concept was, is there a need for a, a better cell phone service? And a lot of companies today make money by selling you data. And I said, is there possible where we allow people not to be sold where they just pay for their own data? So rather than, so because subsidies come from selling you data. So there are two customers, either criminals pay for it, either you want to pay for it. So we just said, are, is there a market where people will say, oh, I want to pay for my own data. Don't make money off my data. So that's mm-hmm. how we, and is there a service which can be secured? So more like a first class or business class experience in the air, airline, like not everyone has to travel economy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, two years in, you know, what are the challenges that you're currently tackling? I think challenges are always about like one thing I did in this startup was like I said, I'll basically focus on work-life balance. So it's not like I'm not a fan of hustle pawn. Yes, we mm-hmm. need to work hard and everything, but it doesn't mean that we give up everything that we end, we go to the end of the uh, end of the mountain and there's just by you by yourself, you know, so you don't want to hike a mountain just by yourself. Um, you want to have a company. So what your goal is, it's okay to move a bit slow and take people along with you and enjoy the ride. Um, and a simple example about like life and business is the same thing too. We are, I would say we are, we are doing pretty good right now in terms of revenues and everything. And um, a testimony of that is like, you know, we have 99% retention rates. Anyone who joins us doesn't leave us. Wow. Yeah. And in three years of history, we had zero person who resigned from the company. Hmm. No one has left the company, right? The same staff, like, you know, we have, we have, we keep on adding people, but they will know, like, you know, we had to do some kind of a mercenary, but more thing was, there was no one who says, okay, I don't want to work with you tomorrow. I'm, I'm getting a new job, you yeah. know, and that has been really, uh, so it's more about like building a mission driven company where money is certainly important. Like I'm not a fan of nonprofits in a way that, 
built a sustainable business because that's good for economy that's good for everyone and uh, to summarize all of this is that um, our goal is just to what keeps me up at night is every business is a risk right like you know we are kind of getting into massive recession so you don't know either to preserve cash or to like you know spend cash to make more money yeah you know so this is always a decision you have to make and the second part is that how fast you want to grow because when you are sitting on a ferrari and basically uh you know it's your foot how much gas do you want to put in so then you yeah. look at how much distance i have to travel how much gas do i have what's the next gas station and so you have to plan it accordingly and there's no book for that there's no like you know formula that i can just put in my excel sheet and say oh this how it will work because every day is a different day every day we have a different threat and working cybersecurity is one of the difficult and most forgiving job and i'll give you a simple example um it's like being a goalkeeper right you may save like 100 goals but you'll be blamed for the one goal that you didn't save similar yeah. cybersecurity yeah. don't only hear about us for bad reason yeah otherwise you believe this is how the world works it's like cops too they come in news for bad reasons but you don't know how many crimes they save every day yeah exactly so cybersecurity yeah. is a tough job because there will be one guy cuz we have to be successful 100% of the time yeah. and the criminals have to be successful 1% of the time yeah yeah exactly well i i i love your perspective i think it's it's really good you know that work life balance and and uh you know the fact that you have such good retention on both sides um speaks volumes because i think uh that is something that's very hard to achieve and and uh you know uh, it's a real testament to what you know your values are uh but it's also a good segue into uh what do you like to do in your free time right so you know you talked about work life balance uh you know i hear um and you shared with me you know that you have some you know your children are there with you and and uh, obviously i'm sure that's very important to you but you know how do you unplug um in my work unfortunately like you know i cannot be 100% unplugged but what i do is we have middle management so if i'm going without signals i just tell them hey i'm leaving for a few times otherwise i do spend two time spend weekends with my family evening with my family we try to eat at least once one meal per day with my family mm. that's very critical for me yeah right? regardless of whatever happened like one meal has to be with family uh, you know either it's generally it's dinner and then you put a story time with your kids and you spend time with sleep with your kids and like you know family your wife everything so that's very critical for me to know and also try to find like go grocery or go for a walk mm. and these are a lot of things right like you know like i know we are getting into a chance where we have to uber everything we have to like amazon prime and everything but at the same time like going for a grocery every two weeks with your family is very important because you discuss what do you want for your family it get a chance to oh, should we buy this should we buy this should we buy this and it just gives communication so we look at it like more like a party time yeah Yeah, it's, it it I I like that. It's really what you make it. I mean, you, you can look at going to get groceries as a chore or you can look at it as um something that's fun to do together and and really make the most of it. Yeah, it's like a team activity, right? Yeah. And how does team work? You basically have to play games together and I think that's one of the part. And also I think life is all about video game too. Like I this is what I if you if you read a video game, right? If you know all the things that have to be done in a video game, it will not be fun anymore. So mm-hmm. I think the the fun part about the life and uh 
uh, you know, our business is that we don't know what's going to happen next. It's a, it's a, every stage we have to pass through a stage. We have to do actions and unlock what's the next step. But if we know the entire plot of what needs to be done, then it's boring, right? If hmm. you have to go to the same place every day, it's become boring. So that's the, so this uncertainty is basically a feature, not a bug of life. Hmm. Man, another one. You, you need to write a book, Hasib. You know, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you have the, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. You know, your, your perspective in, in the way that you look at the world and in the way that you're able to communicate it is really powerful. Um, and this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you taking the time. I wish we had more time. We'll have to do this again because there's so many things that you talked about that uh, I'd love to dig into. But, you know, we try to keep uh, this to, you know, around 30 Thanks minutes. Thanks again for so, listening to today's um, episode of so Business Black Belt. So really Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.